podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, hello, here we go, it's the Combine Podcast. Hello all and welcome back to the Copite Podcast. It is the first episode of The Book Room. I'm sure it's obvious what that is a play on words with and I'm del- absolutely delighted to welcome our very first guest on The Boot Room. On The Book Room, it's Paul Machin from the Red Men TV. How are you, buddy? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for having me on, mate. Uh, mate, pleasure's all ours. So, Paul, book number two, mate. Yeah. Is it weird even to say that after all you've achieved over the past 10 years? Yeah, it's it's mad. Yeah, I, I was writing an email before, and I was it's it's referring to yeah, the second book thing. It's, I'm not sure how that's happened. I mean, it's mad because this year has been crazy, hasn't it? But um, it's 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 such a mad process that's involved in kind of making them and what have you. It's mad to think that yeah, with two, I'm, I'm like I'm writing the third one, and yet we're still you know we're only we've only not long started selling the second one, which has sort of been in this perpetual sort of never ending. Um, time you like the Harry Potter sequels, aren't you? Harry Potter. Yeah. Once we finish filming that one, we'll do another one. Yeah, it's like it's a bit like the a, a Robert Ross um, Red Dwarf thing, where you're just like yeah. constantly, constantly eating your own tail, um, producing the next thing whilst also keeping the last thing going. So yeah, it's a bit mad. Well, that's it, mate. I mean, I mean, before we get into into this year's book, obviously, after Champions League, when you did, you and Ross released the first one, it's our year. Um, and Ross did say like it was a bit of a a slog putting it together and stuff like that because you've got so much to to put into it but before we we get into the second one where did the idea come from from doing the first one <laughs> so there was a it's a it's a mad one really because obviously so much and you'll know you'll know this so so much of the job around producing content is is it's comments it's reactions it's you know it, you know we, we we've constructed a system almost a world where you know it's like here's a thing give us your opinion on that thing. So you were kind of a wash in it and sometimes kind of a bit overwhelmed by it at times, good for good or for ill. And I, I, for years, you know, obviously we've been making Redman for a decade, but it's, there was, we, we've done the fan reactions for most of that time. And that was always, we have a bad game and I just pulled some comments or some tweets out or Facebook posts or whatever and just get people's varied reactions. And I always, they always made me feel better because there was always a load of people who just lost their heads over the yeah. littlest thing. Now, in hindsight, they were losing their heads, you know, over like a Roy Hodgson Liverpool, which they were probably fair to with the gift, again, with the gift <laughs> of hindsight. Um, but yeah, people, the fact that when, when people are, have reacted much worse to, to a situation than me, it always makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah. Like having that one mate who's slightly more hungover than you. Uh, make sure hangover or bearable the next morning so uh, there was a bit of that and then a random book that like I remember being going back to my mum and dad's for like Sunday dinner or whatever with the family and there was a book just sat on the side and I couldn't tell you what it was called and I couldn't tell you it was written by but it was a it was a it was a combination of a digest of the best comments on like the observer or something and it was and I was like, oh, I've not really seen anything like that. And I've not seen anything in like the years that follows. And I thought, I wonder if we can do something a little bit like that that kind of captures the the weirdness and the overreaction and the insanity that kind of comes with the comments box all across the internet. It's a, it's a really good point, mate. Because like you said, it's, it's always fun to look back. I mean, if you look at the uh, the BBC message boards back in the day when it was 6.06 before Twitter even existed and stuff like that, you can look back at, you know, when we've signed the likes of Daniel Sturridge and the, the comments in there are hilarious because you just think, well, how well he did, pretty, you know, pretty much do for, for Liverpool. Um, but, mate, for any book that has a Back to the Future reference in the first page, has me hooked already. So, um, but before 
before I want to start with the, the details of the book, if I may, Paul, I want to sort of start with sort of the back of it, uh, the mm -hmm. epilogue. Um, and reading the last few pages, it felt like um, I could have written it myself. And what I mean by that is, you know, we're the same age and you can certainly relate to every word you've written there and, and what it means to you that Liverpool were finally Premier League champions. And, you know, obviously encouraging anybody to buy the book. But when you do read those last few pages, you can feel that we'd waited so long. And I bet you're quite emotional writing that part of the book. Yeah, so there's... The book is 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 largely largely written chronologically. You know, it's it's yeah. it's done it's done week by week. You know, as we go along. So like the intro is written, you know, in preseason every year. Mm. You know, there's a temptation to go. You know, I think a lot of people do that at the end. You know, they go back because you get to kind of oh. write. You know, yeah, because you can make predictions and work. stuff. Yeah, you go back and you can kind of do it. But like, so I write the beginning at the beginning and I write the end at the end. And that last mm. chapter is all is almost. Well, it's meant to be the last thing I do. What the last thing I do is is fifteen proofreads back and forth with the publisher, <laughs> which is the worst worst part of the whole thing. Um, but no, there was a. It was I, 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 the last chapters of the last two books are my favourite. You're right because they're very they are very cathartic. They are very like trying to sum up the emotional ride. And you, you yeah. as, as Liverpool fans, we're all quite you know we're all quite poetic and soppy at our hearts I think anyway so we're all kind of thrown in, in into Liverpool and all the things that go around it but in the way I've done it as well those last two years you know we've been flat out you know not not the way that like Salah's been flat out sort <laughs> that the players have been through but like emotionally and physically you know we have you know you know, and this is not a complaint. It sounds like a bit of a humble brag, you know. But, but I've been around the world. I've, fo I've followed them. I've been yeah. on this journey with them, um, and I'm, you know, you, you're coming to the end, and it's you're knackered, and you're sat there, and you, then you get to the end of it, and you've got to block off like two weeks of your life to kind of get it all yeah. pulled together. And more so this year as well, with all the other stuff that was going around. Mm -hmm. It was yeah, it was a very emotional sort of time. So yeah, it was a. Yeah, it does. It, it it very much is my experience, but yeah, I I, can't, I imagine that's the beauty of it. It's a, it's a, there's a, there's a lot of shared experience that goes into following Liverpool. Absolutely, and again in the epilogue, there's uh, there's that you know the hint of Steve Jobs uh, towards the end. You know, here's for the for the do-gooders and the naysayers and all that sort of stuff, which I loved. You know, there's references to the NWO and people who were in the know know what that means. Yeah. Um, then there's obviously the memories of the near misses. You got Makeda versus Villa, Gerrard and Chelsea. 11 millimetres between being the bridesmaid and the bride. Um, but the thing that stood out for me the most was the Istanbul reunion that you mentioned uh, at the event where you were talking about unhappy tears at the event because you thought, well, I'm never going to have moments like this ever again. You know, Istanbul was the, the height of my Liverpool, you know, fan career, if you want to look look at it that way. And no doubt you weren't the only one thinking it, thinking of it that night. And it was a tough time for us all, wasn't it? Yeah, it was weird because you, you think back to it. You know, it's not that long ago now, is it? But, you know... You're talking five years coming up. Well, yeah, it's over five years now, but it's it was mad. It was just a mad world, you know. Stephen Gerrard was leaving. Brendan Rodgers was still in charge. We'd just been absolutely dicked everywhere by Stoke last game of the season, and then it's the Istanbul reunion that reminds you of the greatest moment that you've experienced as a Liverpool yeah. fan, and you, you, you're kind of stacking them up side by side and going, "Well, this is this isn't that." You know this experience, and I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't foresee a world where we ever got back mm. anywhere near that. And again, they're, they're the things that you kind of carry with. Yeah, I've had that in the back of my head. I think I might have even I probably said it to Jürgen at some point along the way. Of like, it's a, it's mad to think that the progression in such a short space of time. But it's 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 short space of time, you know, from Jürgen. But again, for us, we've lived yeah. it. It's not been a short space of time. It's been a lifetime. Yeah. You know, we were kids. Yeah. 
when we won the title last. You know, I I have nothing but very hazy snapshot memories of that. I had no idea of what it meant or the experience or the ride that got there. Um, so yeah, it's been a it's been an emotional emotional roller coaster. So yeah, I thought it was it was definitely worth a mention. Yeah, and it's, again, mate, you can't argue argue with that because I think one of the great things about when people write books is the reader can, you know, take that emotional connection to to the author, and I think that's that's really important, especially when it's such a situation of us, you know, winning the league title. It's, and you know, it's an incredible feeling for everybody. Um, but what I loved as well is like obviously the book is a combination of the the previews and the reviews that you write, the player ratings, of course, you know, which are. The, the, the fantastic, uh, you know, for the, the comments and the sarcasm and just some of it is just absolutely brilliant what you and Ross have put together. Um, but what sets it apart is obviously the social media comments because you can look back and see some absolute brilliant comments and then the absolute stupidity of others. Um, so, for example, like if you look at the preseason stuff, there was a couple where it says, uh, we don't have enough creativity in midfield, get Bruno Fernandes after the 2-2 draw with, with Lisbon. Um, and then getting towards uh, the back end of it when, we get, when we're getting beat at the end of pre-season, you know, not bringing in a proven high quality was a missed opportunity. Uh, a kid from Fulham was Klopp's plan, which again, that screams irony. Uh, Klopp has spent £420 million on flops and mediocre players. That one was like, yes, that had to go in there, Paul. I don't blame you putting that in. Um, and we won't win anything with penny-pinching F- FSG. Yeah. <sighs> Mate, honestly, if you look at in the first book with the whole Thakia saga, and the whole, we, we should, we, we've not strengthened and all that sort of stuff. And you look back at the hindsight and just think, lads, just calm down with the keyboarding because you never know what could happen. Yeah, and that, that's what, what I... But I get it, though. No, 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 exactly. And, uh, you know, we all react in different ways. You know, I, I, I have this with, with Chris Pager because he's a very, very hard-on-your-sleeve kind of guy. And, you know, I, I, I'm probably slightly more considered in, in various things, but we can't. You can't hide your gut emotional reaction to things. The thing that does get me about the internet is that you kind of have, it's not like, so someone misses a shot in the game, you can't stop yourself from going, ah, like that's like that is an automatic reaction. But to then do that and then take it and write it down and, and do that yeah. requires a little bit of thought for me. So I always think that there should be people just, there's, there's a step there that stops you. That should mm. that could be used to stop you a little bit better on the yeah. internet that people don't. But people, like, I, the fact that people put their unsensitive reactions on is great. You know, it's a great, it's it's it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating insight. And it's great. People need that let off because people don't have the the ability. People aren't in the ground, and people don't necessarily have friends and family alongside them who, who they can vent to. So they they need these platforms, and that's why they they have been so big and so successful and what have you. But the thing that gets me, it's it's when something becomes accepted as fact. Um, yeah. by like osmosis so like the Fakir <laughs> thing was like was mad it was Fakir because that, that first book the, the It's Your Year book was um, Bouvach has left and yeah. he was the he was the brains behind everything so it, we're, we're, Liverpool are going to be crap and Klopp's not really a great tactician because we, because we because we drew a couple of games <laughs> like you know what I mean and that was the big that was one narrative and Fakir you know we missed this creative midfielder so Fakir was and that was going to be all all our undoing and then we, you know and then there's the we didn't spend any money last last transfer window that was going to be our undoing and so on and so forth some stuff is just just wait and see <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. most most of this stuff kind of works out all right um, but yeah, I, I get it. You know, the, 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 yeah, there's, there's some there's some funny narratives and there's some wearying narratives. Yeah. Um, but Liverpool tend to, you know, particularly in the club, tend to tend to get it right. That's it, mate. You know, I think there's 
every player that he signed, there's only been like one or two that hasn't, you know, made a success, if you like. And obviously, we look at Marco Gruwich, he, he was a point in point, wasn't he? The fact that he was still here. Yeah, well, you know at, what I mean? Look at, look at Paul, Paul Tompkins talks about the, um, is that the he does the, the, obviously does the Tompkins Times and he does like the, mm. the Tompkins Price Index. And they, they've got a model and it's him and another fellow whose name uh, escapes me at the moment. But they, they reckon that, at best, the best you can ever hope for is a 50% success rate with your transfers. And yeah. Liverpool have been punching well above that weight for years. Like, well yeah. above. Like, and I don't think people appreciate just how well. So, like, you're right. You, we can pick the names that didn't work out. You know, Lodis Carius is, is, the, is the big and obvious yeah. one. Yeah. But, like, for what we paid and all, there haven't been the big profile flops that we've seen. You know, there's, no, there's been no Christian Benteke, you know. Yeah. <laughs> To say the least. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, chapter four is obviously the the kickoff uh, to the season against Norwich, and you said in your pre-match notes that you know you didn't have you know that feeling uh, that we would win the league. Um, was was that not you let let yourself get ahead of what it was, or you think I just can't take it anymore? You know, after especially what happened last year. No, because I, I don't. I, again, in terms of feelings, I don't have. I don't think any of us has any control over how we feel about that. I don't. I can't choose to or not to feel a particular way. It was just how you just how you feel, isn't it? And my my overriding feeling was that, and I, I said this in a, in a number of places at the time. I thought we'd come short because I just thought we played too much footy. I thought you know going to the Champions League final, going that late in a the season, then having no preseason for all of your stars. I mean, people forget like Mane didn't have a preseason. At all, mm. like he's not he's not even on the bench for the charity shield, you know, against Man City at the, at the time. Um, he doesn't come back in until that first game of the season, basically. Um, Bobby and Salah play the first preseason game against Leon, and we've been crap all that preseason as well, which is why everyone's heads were pretty yeah. preseason quite one of the funnier parts of the book. Um, but yeah, it, it was. I just, I just. I, I just didn't feel it, which is again, it's funny because I think it's a, a remark in there. I think it's in there anyway of like not feeling it might be the feeling. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, yeah, absolutely spot on, mate. I think, uh, I th- like again, when you're reading a book and you, you're reading that, and especially like I said, we're, we're the same age, so you read it like fucking hell, yeah. I, I totally get get where you're coming from because we were the same. We think 97 points, and you think, right, what have we got to do now to to move forward and you're right, and obviously after the game, there's plenty of great comments about it that we were back and all that sort of stuff. And even after the Super Cup win, there were still lots of negative comments in the book again, and it was it was still hilarious to see that and it was surrounding the squad. And it's like if we if we got the squad depth and this that and the other, but that's the transfer window for you, isn't it? And I know you know the, the ten years that you've been doing this, every transfer window you just think, oh Jesus Christ, there we go again. The stuff we've got to battle, the names we've got to say, and again you're probably going through through the comments of the, around that period going fucking hell. Yeah, it's it's because it's been doing it long enough that you see the same stories repeated over again. You change the names, you put a slight spin on it, and then you watch the same things happen over and over again. And and that's, I mean, again, a good analogy is kind of like how like my um, daughter doesn't get to go. I mean, you see those rides in in like uh, shopping centres where you put a pound in and they move, they rock yeah. back and forth. Like my my, unfortunately for my second child. She does. She will never have money inserted into one of those things. So I did it for me first, and I realised what a massive waste of money <laughs> yeah. is. But the thing is, it's new to her. So there's plenty of people to for whom these stories are new, and they feel and they get that it's it's fresh, and they don't appreciate that it's there's no need to get wound up about it because it, it, it feels yeah. like a, it feels like the biggest thing on earth. And because every transfer story is just 
the ones, particularly the ones where it's never going to happen, and you and it's been heavily briefed. It's got it's Gaston Ramirez over and over again with an entire okay. summer of Gaston Ramirez weeks. Yeah. To the point where I remember being told by um, by Jen Chang, if you remember him, being told at the time, like it's just not, it's just hundred percent categorical. <laughs> not true. Feel free to tell people it's not true, but it was so the Twitter it was it was everywhere, and it was so vociferous that you were a bit like, oh, you know, yeah. kind of stuck into, maybe maybe it's also well, Liverpool have denied things before, and that means blah 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 blah. So yeah, you, you start to see these stories played out <laughs> again, time and time again, and you, the more times you see it repeated, the more comforted. You are yeah. that it's not it, it. It'll kind of be fine. Yeah, exactly. It's like the Tiago one, isn't it, Paul? You know, <laughs> I get shudders when that comes up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that, but that, again, it was funny. But the Tiago stuff was why I, I, it was. It was almost always going to happen because. Yeah. There's just the signs that you recognise along the way. Liverpool are very good at telling a, a, a briefing when something is 100% not happening. Now there are obvious exceptions when that doesn't happen, but you can, again, you can generally get a sh- you get your hands on it. You can get the shape of a transfer by where you getting where you getting your information from. Um, but yeah, the Thiago, yeah, the Thiago one, it, it adds that, that's why it's so funny. It bore the hallmarks. Yeah. Of an- yeah, um, or of one of those other transfers that didn't quite make it across the line, but it also had all the hallmarks of ones that was going to happen. So yeah, it was yeah. A, it was a good one. <laughs> I'm sure that'll be in there next year somewhere. That, that'll do me, mate. You find them comments for me. <laughs> um, but I want to fast forward now to uh, the one where we win the title, probably, uh, which is uh, the City game at Anfield. Um, for me personally, mate, that I've got it's probably arguably my favourite day of the season. Uh, I remember walking to get the train to the match and just thinking. Today's going to be a special day, just because of what happened the year before when Mahrez missing a penalty. And one of the lads who we go the match with, uh, he'd not been able to go all season because he had a life-threatening operation um, in the summer. Um, so he was having some time off. But he wanted to try and make the City game just for the whole speciality of the day. And it was his first game back. So when he turned up at the station, it was like, right, we're not losing today. But, mate, sum up, sum up the game. You know, we were both in the cops. Sum it up. Yeah, that, it's, it's mad, isn't it? Because those games have been so pivotal to the title mm. you know for, for, for a few years now and yeah it, it, you know we bought Fabinho in I think as a Man City killer yeah and that was the game and I think back to a number of plays that we've had over the years where you're, you're waiting to see them tested and you think I think we've got something here but you can't know until you test it in, your, in, the, in, the, in the, the hardest possible environment yeah. and Man City Man City's absolutely that and Fabinho stepping up and absolutely snotting one in, and you're like, oh my god, we bought him to destroy them, but not like this. Like you know, <laughs> to like you know, break things up, and he's meant to marshal in midfield, blah blah blah. No, he, he goes and takes the game by the scruff of the neck, and I think that was like the the big thing of like, oh, I talk about, I use the analogy a lot about um, passing on the stairs, you know, like and we did we did it with Man United, probably like the Europa League game when we played them, we, we knocked them out. I was I think I said at the time was like we were on the way up and they were on the way down. And that game at Anfield last season with, with City felt like that. Not like they're significantly many, yeah. many days below us, but it felt like we 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 were better than them. And we'd beaten them plenty, you know, obviously we'd beaten them at Anfield before. We'd given them some hidings at Anfield as well. But that was the first time where it felt like we'd gone properly, properly toe to toe. And we were just better than them. And I remember walking out and going, and they they'd been dropping points already at that point of the season. And we were looking at their fixtures and looking at our fixtures, and we're like, 
you know, it wasn't something that was verbalised because it would be mm. too, too many videos of me jump dancing outside Anfield <laughs> after we beat Man City in 13-14 saying we were going to win the league um, to, to, to kind of go over the top on that. But yeah, I had a real sneaky feeling then that that was going to be, that was going to be the shape of the season. Well, I think so, mate, because I think in the pre-match notes on that game, I'm sure you had one of these because you mentioned Fabinho and then he just ended up really rinsing it. So, you know, fair play to you. Yeah, um, yeah. But what you've got to do as well, mate, is uh, that it was sort of the catalyst to think, right, we've, we've done them now. We can carry on and, and really make a go uh, of this season. And if, if I may, again, let's get in the door. I'll take you back to December 2005. Um, I watched the Club World Cup from a freezing cold student house on Smithdown Road. Um, but I was still, you know, right up for the competition. I really wanted to win it. And when we didn't, and, you know, unless we talk about that bloody final, the, the better. Um, so when we went over to Qatar, I had no question that it took priority over the League Cup and you were definitely the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because things come and go, don't they? And, you know, the problem is, is we, we've got a very, I say we, you know, this, this country's got a very little England mentality, you know, and, and it's it's drummed up by this, like, glassy-eyed nostalgia of cups and silverware and all that kind of stuff like and the league cup I, I, very rarely falls under that it falls under that kind of like category when when it serves someone's purpose um when talk sports or the daily mail have got something that they want to <laughs> they want to have some some jingoistic nonsense yeah. they want to they want to hammer home um for me i think liverpool have always fitted better internationally fitted better you know in, in a european stage than, than, they, than they almost do in their own in their own country which is a separate <laughs> conversation that we're not going to get sidelined by but i am um, uh, the it was an opportunity for liverpool to go on to another big stage we'd not want to we know you know we'd not want it certainly not in that bit in that format we obviously yeah. we'd, had, we'd, we'd had other instances in the in, in the past we've been out been out there and what have you and i yeah i just i just yeah. Look, I went. Which is funny because I drew the short straw, or me and Chris drew the short straws because we, because we're family men, we couldn't go to Qatar, yeah. so we ended up watching Liverpool children getting annihilated by Aston Villa at Villa Park <laughs> instead of going to Qatar for it. Um, but it was yeah, I, the, the League Cup's the League Cup. I, if there'd been a, a sensible, if there'd been something sensible proposed, and then I maybe could have made a case for, yeah. to, to be a bit more serious. But they couldn't. The whole squad was on another continent like you know it so yeah there was no choice for me and in years to come it, you know that that tournament is only as prestigious as the clubs choose to make it real madrid don't complain about going to it real madrid yeah. wear the badges proudly when they when they win it world champions mean something i wanted that i just want i just wanted the gold badge more than anything else uh, yeah, absolutely, and it, it says gold badge in a three-handled pot you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah. There's no, there's no contest. We've never had the gold badge before. We've had the old, the, the, the handle part eight times. So yeah, yeah totally with you. Totally. Um, but you're gonna remind the kids when they're older that the sacrifice that you made that year, sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they'll, I wonder if they'll ever appreciate. It. It's mad. The funny thing is, is that I've been gearing up to it all, all summer. I, you know, yeah. as soon as we were in, I was like, I'm depot. I like, I swerved all of the, all of the European aways in the build up to it. So I was like, I'm gonna do one. But I'm gonna do one. Yeah. That's the good. They're gonna be, and then the, when all the dates fell, I was just like, I turned to me, turned to my wife, and she was just like, it's Christmas, like. And and the problem is, I've had too many instances where, like, so when we went to Porto, 
we all the flights got cancelled, so we ended up an extra day and flying back home yeah. via Barcelona, and, and not even when we went to America, we had a flight cancelled back, so it was like two extra days. But you know, it sounds like horrendous, but it was just it was just going around <laughs> airport and flying, it was horrible. But like she she's not daft; she remembered that. She was like, "Well, listen, if you miss, if if for any reason a flight gets cancelled, you miss in Christmas." And it's like, yeah. "Ah, yeah, yeah, that's uh, you don't want to be that guy." Uh, no, not at all, so, yeah. mate. I, I will not remind have... the kids of it at some point. <laughs> I've been there myself with it. I mean, when the, the the game against Wolves in the last game of the season, the following day, um, I was going to India uh, for two weeks with work. I was working out there for two weeks, and my son was just he was about what? He just turned one, uh, and then obviously we got to Madrid, and I'm thinking, shit, I'm going to come back from India, and then I'm going to be going for five days to Madrid, and I had to say to the missus, you know. And then she just said, look, you've already been away for nearly two weeks. And I thought, well, do you know what? Fair enough. As a new father, I thought yeah. you've got to sum it up, haven't you? So, yeah, I, I totally get where you're coming from there, mate. But listen, we'll no doubt be there again at some point. Yeah, definitely. Um, the more you read the book, though, Paul, and the comments in every chapter, it's just absolutely brilliant because it's pure elation and joy. Because I think if you're going to write a book and the way you've done it over the last two years, you've sort of getting every game where we're on a winning streak and... It's it's just pure lace. There's some absolute belters in there. Um, but one of my couple of my favourites was the the Anfield derbies, obviously because we played um, a weakened squad in both games at Anfield. Um, but obviously they were hilarious for many reasons. But the FA Cup game with reserves, mate, it's just it's just unbelievable, wasn't it? Like I, uh, you couldn't. When we beat them in December with like a, a you know a, rot- a heavily rotated side, it was like well that's it. You know we've we've done it now. There's no funnier way. There's no more funny ways to win. You know we've had years of being the best, and they've got years and years and years of, of pain and you know etched onto their faces after not <laughs> not won at Anfield. Can't can't remember. They can't even remember how to win a derby. And then we beat them like that when it was like oh wow. You know we we rotated yeah. the side. We we're taking the piss here, and then we were brilliant. And then when it come round the FA Cup, it was just like the team, that team, like. And it's funny because Pedro Carvalho actually got quite a few games last season. He was, he was really good in all of them. Um, but like, you put him Pedro Carvalho into a derby, like he became a bit of like a a, a weird like symbol for us yeah. taking the piss. Um, and yeah, and then to, to to win that, like you couldn't, it just you know, and to have it be won by Kerr Jones as well. Like, I, yeah, Ooh. I've never. About you know, because bear in mind, you know, obviously I was in my seat for the you know Origi Pickford the season before, which is one of the most splendid moments of my entire oh. life. And I, I was sat next to a blue nose in the main stand watching it, and I was just like, he was keeping quiet the whole game for obvious reasons, and that was oh, just the best. Sorry, mate, carry on. But no, no, no. You, you think you think that's it? How, how do you how do you top that? Well, you put it, you put a team of children out. In the FA Cup, and you and your young kids who's barely kicked the ball for you just scored an absolute worldy to end it. I get and particularly the fact that once again, you know, Jordan Pickford's at full stretch and his arms aren't long enough to reach it. Oh, it was great, it was just absolutely. it was, mate. You couldn't write it, you couldn't write it. Another one, th- one of the things that you couldn't write was when you get to a point in the season where you think, right, we're going to do it. And like you've said in the past, um, you know, there's, there's times where we've over-celebrated a game because we thought that it was nailed on with a few games to go. And we've all been guilty of that because at the end of the day, we, we just wanted it so much. Mm-hmm. But chapter 37, uh, the one with the baby-faced assassins babies. And by the way, I love all the Friends references, by the way, the one where I think it's, I think it's brilliant. Um, I consider being in the ground that night an absolute privilege um, because after the second goal goes in, 
I'm looking at the face of the United fans. So we're sat in that corner of the main stand and you could just see on their faces that they knew it as well. And then obviously the chant that comes on, we're going to win the league. I think they knew it and then we knew it. And that was a feeling that I've never had before. Um, and it was the best post-match pint I've had in May Duncan's ever. Do you feel you were still plugged into the Matrix after the game? And people who read the book will know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was a, it was just a mad. It was mad. It was because Man United have been the benchmark for fucking ages, and it's very rare that the both teams are good at the same time. I found, yeah. it's kind of unusual. We don't really get to square off with them. Mm. So there's, there's something to that. They, they, you know, they've been like the perpetual classic Hollywood horror villain, where you just when you think they're dead, they come back for one more scare. But over mm. and over and over again, made for TV movies by this point. Like, you know, they, they should yeah. be somehow they keep being revived. And that for it to be that moment, because obviously we we were, it links back to the game at, at Old Trafford because, you know, it, that was the biggest celebration in the world that was totally like someone let they let the air out of us completely with a bit of bad refereeing and just, I think, that are mm. on, on the day just shit in the bed a bit. Um, we were ready to go and, and really rub it in the United fans' faces after all that time. We never got to do that properly at Old Trafford because of the, because yeah. of the, the performance and the results. So when it comes around to the Anfield game, and again, just the time of the season, and everyone had kind of been going, well, if we do this, then I'll think it's on. Or I'll think it's possible. I think it's done. I think, you know, it goes back to City. I think the City game, I think we had the first real inkling that might be it. I think when we, when we batter Leicester on Boxing mm. Day, you're like, I can't see a world where we don't do this. But then just again, and just in terms of how all the points have fallen, all the fixtures yeah. have fallen, United at Old Trafford. And when they did actually give us a good game as well. And particularly because you've got that like breakout moment where Allison smacks it down the pitch and Salah races onto it. And he's got James trying to like hang on to his coattails behind him and he slots it. And like, and like all of a sudden, like Allison comes like, the sliding in at the at the end and stuff like it was just that I let off like I've like I've you know I say like I've never experienced it's not true I've felt it loads in the last few years following this team but it was <laughs> you know it was another one that's right on the top shelf something it was and again from that moment it was sort of case right we're we're on here and there was certain options where we start thinking right well the league's sort of wrapped up now what else can we get and within the space of you know ten days to two weeks uh, Certain dreams were were blown out of the water, but again, we're not taking a turn to negative town because this is this book is very very positive. And but obviously, there's a a big part of the book which will go down in history, obviously. But uh, when I walked out of the Kemlin uh, after the Atletico game, I didn't think that that was going to be it for visiting Anfield for the rest of the season. Yeah. Nor did I think that would be to be actual conversation about avoiding the league. I mean, you covered a lot in the book on on the shutdown chapter with really good screenshots of the papers. Uh, you know that charming Karen Brady calling for void. Do me a favour, love. Hashtag Richard Keys. Mm. Nearly 5,000 signatures agreeing with her, of course. And you did a video on having the virus. So, first of all, mate, was you okay when you had the virus? Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't pleasant. It was just one of the mad... It was a mad couple of weeks for me because, yeah, you know, we'd gone from this, like, this... You know, I wasn't very switched on to what was what was happening. I mean, there's always those people who've been hoarding toilet rolls since the January or whatever. Yeah. And we weren't there. You just presume it's, you know... To be honest... If you recall, there was also a uh, a meteor was meant to hit the Earth and wipe yes. off all life around the same time as well, and so it became a oh god, what's gonna what could stop this Liverpool team winning the league after thirty years? This Liverpool team that's romping to the title, it, it could only be a a global pandemic, ha ha ha, or a giant meteorite wiping out all life on Earth. 
L- lol. <laughs> you know? yeah. so, thank, thank you, Bruce Willis, for stopping it. No, no, exactly. So, you know, I'll be honest, it didn't really take it too seriously. And then in that, in that very short space of time, you had, you know, if you remember, like, the, the build-up to that game, the Atletico game, you know, they, 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 they stopped player handshakes, like, the week before. Yeah. And, like, there's footage of Jürgen bollocking fans in the main stand for trying to reach down yeah. and touch the players. Um, and there was talk of like people saying, oh, "I'm not sure if I, sh- if I should even go." And I, I remember thinking at the time, like, "Why, stupid? Why are you not? Why would you not go? Oh, come on, it'll be fine, won't it?" Um, and we were all very dismissive of the whole thing. And then, like within two weeks, you know, within two weeks of that Atletico game, I think I, 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 you know, I was, I was, I was lying prone in bed, struggling to breathe, yeah. and watching the, the Prime Minister's daily addresses telling everyone that we were going into a national lockdown. It was it was bananas. And then, you know, so I had that, like, two weeks of not really being in and out, really, like, just being so poorly that I couldn't really kind of do much of anything. Uh, I was, so I wasn't switched on to stuff. And obviously, we were sh- Chris was shutting the office here at the time, shutting mm. the studio down and what have you. And we were doing some bits and pieces. And then obviously, all the Null and Void talk comes out. And it's just like, oh, that, that, that was, yeah, I mean, as far as times go, not just in terms of like as a football fan and life, but also like, you know, as a, you know, as a small business owner as well. That was just, yeah. it was this. It was shit. It was just properly, properly shit. And I'm glad that we can kind of look back on it with a bit of, kind of a bit of, you know, gallows humor yeah. with it all. Because, you know, at least Liverpool got to win the title. But yeah, there was that, you know, what month, easier month, where every day there'd be a think piece on, no, it's fine. It, you know, that we can get we can get footy and run it. And then you go, oh, thank God. And then it'd be countered by some other dickhead coming out and going like, oh, no, there's no way it can safely be played, you know, live, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And so you could never sit comfortably. I'm saying this, everyone watching and listening will know this. You know, we all we all lived it. You know, like, yeah. and then but on top of that as well, where you know you you get you're also trying your best to to yeah to to be healthy and you know and and, and somehow like, somehow get you know get up in the mornings and stuff. Yeah, it was a it was a it was a it was a shitty time. It was. Yeah. I think one of the things that I just want to pick up on what you just said there is how how people were feeling during that time because I mean. A lot of us, I mean, me included, I, I was shitting myself thinking this, you know, when when the French League got um, null and voided and all that sort of stuff, I was thinking, surely they can't do it to the Premier League because it's just too big. And I just thought, would it be the most fucking Liverpool thing ever yeah. to just, at one, give us the trophy and that fucking stupid asterisk will be there forever or null and void it and then it'd be like, right, well, we're not, we're not having a champion in 2020. Behind closed doors was you thinking, fuck, this could happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was quite. It had to be considered a possibility because it was the uncertainty that was killer, because no one knew, and when no one knows, you fill the blanks with speculation and fear and anxiety, yeah. and and that and that gets again that gets passed off as these think pieces gets passed off as fact and opinion because that's the easiest thing to do to make yourself feel to get your points across and sound important, you know, in in certain things. So yeah, it was just yeah, it was it, it was a it was a it was an absolute mire, and it's, and we all just had our eyes on the Bundesliga, like you know the rumours the Bundesliga was coming yeah. back. I was like, oh god, if we can just get a league up and running, there's no way they'll, they'll there's no way they'll. Yeah. Do- Take that opportunity because there's too much money involved. Um, now we're you know we're now living in the in the postscript world to that where you know footy's going to end up going on regardless of all regardless of health and safety because of money, um, which is not yeah. the best. But yeah, at that time was it was it was it was not a great you know again we we you know trying to keep a business running at that time where yeah. business is talking about Liverpool. You know we went from you know producing. 12 videos a week you know 
probably minimum to like really like what the fuck are you meant to talk about? What are you yeah. meant to do? And you can't talk. So you go into nostalgia, fine, but you can't. Everyone just wants you to be able to go on camera and go right, everyone. Don't worry, it's sorted. Football's coming back, and you haven't got that to say to people. Mm. So, my interest in Liverpool died. You know, you know what I mean. I, I didn't want to talk about Liverpool, but I had no choice because I've got, you know, miles. <laughs> well, exactly. You know, I've got myself. So we've got a staff. You know what I mean? Who needed to be looked after, and we just didn't have the option of furloughing because you you know, what, what you're going to do? You may as well just turn, you may as well turn your business off. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was not a great time. So obviously, when footy comes back, it was just even though it's crap, it's, it's yeah. a fresh perspective. You know, some football football is better than no football. Correct, mate. And you do talk in the book about the inevitable. Um, so obviously, when we knew Project Restart was was being talked about, then it was confirmed. Then we knew that we were playing um, Everton on the restart. We all knew that that it was going to happen. Now there is a certain chapter in there which is the one. I'm not going to say which chapter number it is because I don't want people to skip read. I want them to take it in. Um, but it's the first and only chapter of any book that you've done which didn't involve Liverpool. It's uh, obviously Chelsea two, City one. Uh, but you had to write it because there was a chance we were going to be champions. You did a live show as well, um, yeah. which it was a moment to be documented from all angles, wasn't it? Yeah, we um we were we 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 had a, there's a lot of other things in and around that time that I, you know the, the weeks the weeks that had led up to that we'd had a, lots of other kind of things going on and we've been gearing up towards the again like I said the inevitable Liverpool are going to win a game of football and they're going to win the title and then this City Chelsea game obviously it falls upon that and it was Chris who suggested he was like well look, should we do a live show and I was like. I don't, I don't want to be that because uh, again flashbacks to that Stoke Stoke game at the end of the season we remember was doing a live show for that and we just sat there getting embarrassed being watched by fans of other football teams laughing at us and we, we turned that off at half time and just went and did something else you know and, and I, I don't want to I don't I don't want us we're a Liverpool channel I don't want us being taught other games of football because we just look like dickheads if that goes wrong and, but as it got closer and closer I was like I've got to read it's got a gut feeling that this is going to be it. This is how it's going mm. to happen. Um, so yeah, so yeah, we we loaded up, we prepped. I wrote, I wrote, we we build up sort of preamble to it, safe in the knowledge. And you know, this happens time and time again. And what we do is like, if it gets, it's just it just gets deleted. You know what I mean? It gets deleted or it gets lost forever. You know, if it doesn't yeah. work out your way, there's countless vlogs and videos and reactions and stuff of games that we've not won that have never seen the light of day. Yeah. Um, and it, I had to prepare for that. That's a weird eventuality to prepare, to prepare for. Uh, but God, thank God we did, because it was just one of yeah. the most joyous um, feelings of absolute elation watching, watching that game. I got, I got more joy from that from watching a lot, like a lot of Liverpool games over the years. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, and it yeah. wasn't anything on the pitch. It was amazing. It's true. And you can tell in the, the, the post-match thing that you wrote, because it looked like your keyboard had just been destroyed, because it was just like... Just fucking, it was just like loads of different letters in your post-match reaction for it and I just thought yeah that's exactly what I'd write and reading that book and I'm seeing that and I just thought yeah that's exactly what I'd write I've just got, I've got no fucking words to say that I've just seen Liverpool win the Premier League so yeah it, I'm glad you did the live show mate because like you said it's uh, it's been documented so it's uh, it, it's really good uh, but one of my favourite parts of the book was obviously Coronation Day um, it, it really showed um, just just how much we deserved it and he sort of gave the two fingers to all the doubters as well. You know, the piss takers, the null and voiders. Um, was your finger struggling to keep up with your brain as you were typing what you wanted to say? Yeah, it was, it's just mad. Yeah, you know, because there's a, 
yeah, I, trying to trying to convey energy while you're writing is a, is a is a is a is a part of that really. And yeah, some, sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's hard. There's a couple of games in the season where you're like, oh fuck, right, what am I what am I writing about? You know, what, yeah. what am I what am I dragging out of myself for, for this one? And sometimes it does just it just kind of blur falls onto the <laughs> onto the page as it were, or into into me, into into you know uh, Google Docs on my phone more often than not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there are things that yeah, when it comes around to that, that yeah, you don't you don't have to do. You just kind of just splurge a bunch of words and see it, see check it makes sense when you reread it back a couple of weeks later, and if you're happy with that, go go with it. But yeah, just a real, you know, and not something you never get. You think you know, something you think about, you know, uh, something you always dream of, but also you know when I think it's, a, it's worth pointing out, you know, for, yes, thirty years between title wins. Yes, ten years of doing red men, but also twenty years of just being yeah. a Liverpool fan waiting for it to happen. Um, so you don't really think, you know, for twenty of the years that I've waited for <laughs> it, I never really thought like what I would be doing or where I would be or what yeah. that would look like. Um, because you always presume it's going to happen. The next, you know, you know it's funny because that, that go back to the title of last year's book being "It's Your Year" is not yeah. a Liverpool saying. No, next year is a Liverpool saying, and that is all. That's been our, that was our mantra for all of those. Is like because you always felt that you never thought you ever got you never you always just think you think no. you'll do it this time. It'll be this sign and this manager. They'll be the ones to do it. So yeah, to actually be in that environment and also kind of be in that weird environment where you're not there as well. Yeah. But in, in its own way, you kind of get to sit back and. Soak it up, you know, because you, 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 I think back to like Madrid. I don't, you know, Madrid was just like mad. You know, I fainted when we scored that. We got the penalty in the, you know, in the first in the first couple of minutes. Like, I mean, you, you're too emotionally invested in it to really like, you know, to understand what you so what you're feeling and what you're seeing. So yeah, it was a, uh, it was nice in in its own little weird way to be able to yeah to, to do it the way we did it. Has it sunk in yet? No, no, yeah, I mean. Uh, I, t- I I don't think I, I don't think we've got any point of comparison. So I think we feel it has, but I don't think it has. Like it, it, it almost like I don't think it, it doesn't feel. In some ways, it doesn't feel like it counts. You know, it sounds a bit weird and maybe sounds a bit yeah. like anticlimactic. It sounds like something. You know, there's a conceit that we've all got to be make. We've all got to be the happiest anyone's ever been with it because we won the title after 30 years. And I made up, but I, I, by no way does it come close to comparing to winning the, the the Champions League the season before because of all the bits that it's the bits that go around it yeah. that make it what that make it what it is. And we got loads of extra bits and pieces that we wouldn't normally see, and extra access and videos and bits and pieces and closest to the squad in some ways. But um, like I, the two minutes the season before when we were in the last game of the season yeah. when we were winning the league. Like oh. nothing will come close yeah. to that because it was just like it was yeah I, I, we need to win it again is what I'm saying. <laughs> well, mate, you're right, game. mate. You're absolutely spot on. I, I, and the reason why I asked you that question, mate, is because I don't feel like it's sunk in for myself either. Um, I was thinking like, you know, the with with the Champions League, we had the parade. We had you know you watched it with your dad, which is obviously one of the the, the great arguably the greatest moment for you as a Liverpool fan watching the when the European Cup with your dad next to you. And we've not had the parade yet. We've not been able to sh- showcase the trophy around the city and all that sort of stuff, which is really frustrating. I just think that the same as you. The next one we win will be the fucking biggest league title we've ever won. It yeah. really will. No, absolutely. Yeah, and it's 
Yeah, because it just hasn't been. We've had let off, we've had our own let offs in in various ways. You know, I went I went after the Chelsea City game. I, I went down to Anfield. I, I you know I'm, I kind of I don't apologise for that anymore. It was long enough ago. It wasn't wasn't the bright wasn't the brightest thing I've done, but it was. <laughs> I needed to feel something. I needed to feel a connection. I needed to yeah. be around people for that. Um, but I haven't. You know, like we spent we won the European Cup and we spent the summer celebrating it. You know, like you know, like we yeah. so we went to, we went to New York and and paraded a, a, a replica Champions League trophy on an open top bus tour through Manhattan. You know what I mean? Yeah. People went. They got there was a boat cruise on on the Bosphorus. You know, Liverpool fans before the yeah. before the Super Cup. There was there was it was it was just yeah it was a real thing on the back of the parade. Whereas we haven't kind of had that. It's just like your champions, brilliant, well done. Is your celebration off? You go, go and have a trunk, go and get a bit of a, go and get a staycation somewhere, and then you're right back. You're yeah, right back in it. So it's amazing, and 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 it feels fantastic, and it feels significant in its own way. But I, I want look. I think the best thing for us to do, um, Jay, is just to win it again with us in the ground. And then mm. we've got we've got two to compare it to. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've got that little itch we've scratched then, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, mate, the final part of the book obviously was the epilogue, but just before that, uh, we've got to talk about the mural uh, that is including the book. Quit, and it's it's twofold, isn't it? Because it's it's a culmination of ten years of the Redmen TV, and it's giving something back to one of the greatest institutions this city's provided in Alderay. Um, you mentioned it took several months to get sorted. So, are we talking this was organised sort of pre pre lockdown in in, in March? Yeah, it was like the probably the initial conversations go back to like February, um, at the very, very initial, maybe, maybe even slightly earlier than the very, very initial reach out or whatever. But yeah, we we were shooting like a there's a little like a mini, I say quite documentary, but there's a there's a, a small docu video on on our YouTube channel about it and the initial footage. Yeah, we had our first meetings about it back in was it like March or whatever, February, March, and um, yeah, we you know, we were geared up for it because because we wanted to do something. And obviously, we, we were coming up on our anniversary as well. And obviously, we've, we've been massive Jordan Henderson fans for a long for a long time. And the problem with these things is, like, I know, I think, pardon me, I remember being in Boston uh, with the, la- the lads from the Anfield Rap and they showed me some, like, mock-ups of their Trent Alexander-Arnold mm. one. And they were telling us how long it was going to take to paint. And it was, like, a week or whatever to, pa- to paint it. And I was like, oh, God, well, you know, you need to do that. And because that now exists, there's going to be tons of people, I'm sure, who are going to want to jump on this. And because we knew the league was going to be won, it allowed us to kind of get our, you know, ducks in a row or whatever. But then, obviously, the, the, the pandemic hits and, you yeah. you know, you've got you've put all this preamble and work into it. We found we had the, the house sorted very early on. Um, but then, obviously, then other people had similar ideas, and they started to try and wrangle for it to try and get that space and stuff. So you then you kind of like trying to make sure everything gets moving and everything gets sorted. Yeah. So the actual process of painting it took like it was like twenty four hours. It was ridiculous. yeah, it was up really quickly. Yeah, Mayor Walls absolutely smashed it. Like the the the, the they came late at night to get the bait, the prime and done and the, the basics done and then they waited for all the all the day the next day and then it was pretty much done. Um, and then we you know we managed to. Put out some feelers to to Hendo, like really like round the houses kind of way of doing it. So there's a there's a there's a there's a, there's a guy a, pod, a podcaster, but motivational speaker, uh, book writer, of course, uh, Andy Grant. Um, yeah, who's a brilliant fella. Who we were just like any chance you can just 
if, you know, if you've got any contact with him, just see if it's something he would give a shit about. Yeah. And then we had to try and find ways to go through the club. And then we had lots of red tape to jump through and hoops and all that kind of stuff. Like, But to finally get it there and get it done, and to get it done in such a quick turnaround, because you've got all the fears of like, uh, people are just going to be dickheads around it. If you remember, yeah. there's a little bit of trouble in the summer of like, just like the, like the, uh, we had something with like the Everton, the little Everton Moundy thing. Yeah. Did, and someone had done something it, back to Liverpool stuff and, and, and like the clock, the clock mural had been uh, graffitied and all that kind of stuff. So we were like, oh God, we just want to get this up and get it out. And before, before someone else does someone it. Does so it, was, yeah. it was a very manic time but yeah there's a the moment where we finally Jordan comes down and he just sees it for the first time and you just see the smile on his face and I was like yeah like that's class because let's be honest if it was shit <laughs> uh, I, I, I imagine that imagine you just painted a mural footballers are terrible like you know imagine you painted a mural it's terrible and he just has to get ripped by his teammates every single time he drives to the ground so now it was it it, 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 it turned out all right just, in the end. just imagine that Cristiano Ronaldo uh, bronze statue yeah. wasn't it yeah, fucking that the was same thing oh. very much in my mind for the entirety <laughs> of it being painted um was because because he told us as well like the, obviously Trent, like basically every time they go past the trent one trent so gives him like the eyes of like yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's, he's like, been doing me head in so he's like now i can be like batting with that and it, it was great i just love the idea that it's something that the, the, the players talk about yeah. and they have a little go. So, yeah, we had a bit of a duty of responsibility to, yeah, to Jordan, to, and to obviously, obviously to Alder Hay as well, not to do something that was embarrassing because, yeah, yeah you're taking, you're taking other people's reputations into your own, into your own hand. You know, if we, we do something stupid, we, you know, we, we look stupid, but when you make yeah, other people look stupid, that's a big fear. And mercifully, it appears that we didn't. It did, mate. It turned out very well. Well, listen, Paul, the book is Champions of Everything. Um, and I'll tell you now, mate, it's absolutely fantastic. Look at this, the state of it. It's, it's so meaty. It's a lot better than the, 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 you know, thicker than the last one. There's so much more to it. Um, and obviously, I encourage anybody to head over to redmentv.com to get one. Paul, is the digital copies of this now? There are now, yes. The, it, it snuck out quietly. I forgot that I'd set the pre-order date and it came out like a week ago. But yeah, you can get it on Amazon now. So if you just type in Champions of Everything, it comes up there. Alongside the wonderful Paul Tompkins book, who's got that as a subheading, which he said to me he didn't rob from us. Um, and he was very <laughs> about that. But it's just an expression that was out there. It's not, you know, I think we, both had, we both had the same idea. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, it's there digitally. It's available um, internationally. Um, as the normal edition and the UK people can get a special edition which is signed and stuff so yeah it's, uh, yeah. it's going really I've well got, but, yeah. yeah I've got mine personally signed mate I'm not going to reveal what it says to anybody that's between me Paul and Ross uh, but listen mate <laughs> it, is, uh, it is absolutely brilliant uh, and again I want to just say Paul thank you very much for, for joining us on the show mate really appreciate it um, that is the first episode of The Book Room I hope you guys enjoyed it we're going to be a lot more episodes uh, dedicated to uh, the books uh, that are associated with Liverpool, and it is a really, really good time to start reading uh, as a Liverpool fan because there's that many good books out there. Uh, I am Jay Pearson. That was the Cobbite Podcast, and we will see you next time. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network.